Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. KWTX at 4 starts now. And thanks for joining us. I'm Justin Early here with Megan Boyd and meteorologist Camille Hawksworth. And uh, last night in our 10 p.m. newscast, we talked about something a lot of folks uh, are concerned about with regard to their children, uh, and that's uh, making a good grade special report on school choice. So right. a little later in the show, you're going to show us uh, kind of a breakdown of what all went into that and what we what we learned last night. Yeah, for anyone that saw it, it's about three minutes of Keisha getting into some of the nitty gritty of what these terms, school choice, school voucher, what, what all of that really means. Sometimes it's hard to consume all of that information yeah. all at one time. So her and I just kind of have a discussion, help you absorb some of that information and really understand. And it's important because every single day, the status of this is changing mm -hmm. at the legislature. So yeah. as we continue talking about it, keeping people updated, it's important to have this background information, understand what we're talking about here. And ultimately what choices parents will have when yeah. it's all said and done, when the dust settles. So right. that's coming up a little bit later, but let's get to our daily four. And uh, a bill headed to Governor Abbott's desk aims to take a step out of the annual obligation to renew your auto registration in Texas. Hmm. The Houston Chronicle reports the bill drops the requirement for non-commercial vehicle inspections. That's us. And if Abbott signs it, you'll be saving time, but not money. In fact, for that $750 you'd pay for inspection, that'll be tacked onto your registration. So you're still paying it and you still need your registration. You also still need to get emissions tests in the 17 or so counties that require them, including Harris County and in the DFW area as well. And now if Abbott signs it, that means it would go into effect September 1st. So if you're up for renewal in July, like me, you have to still get the <laughs> inspection. And again, it hasn't gone through, but what do you think? Do you, uh, we're only one of, I think, about 11 states that still have this. Do you think most cars on the road are safe? I mean, I've seen some old ones out there. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. Sometimes I wonder if how those old ones pass the registration yeah. or the, um, the inspection tests. Yeah. yeah. For me, I'm, I tend to not be responsible sometimes if I don't have like harsh deadlines and requirements and stuff. So I'm even nervous for myself that I wouldn't get my car checked as often as it should be if nobody was telling me that I had to do that. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I, I agree. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I'll tell you though, I personally, go ahead. I'm no, I was just saying, me too. Yeah, I would forget about it. Right. Because it's just on a long list of things to have to remember. When you don't see the date on your dashboard every single time you get in the car. Mm -hmm. It does make you wonder though, for there are some businesses that just do inspections. Right. Oh, just inspections. And I just thought about that today. That's where I usually go. It's yeah. quicker. And those would get to go away or, or shift in some way, you know. Sure. Uh, and I think for those businesses that already have that as an additional service inspection, they can probably absorb uh, the change. But yeah, it is a little concerning. But if that happens, it would at least save you some time. So true. Um, yeah. And I, yeah. We'll see, we'll see what happens there yeah. with that one. But I, I don't see any reason why he wouldn't sign it. There's been a rumblings that he won't. So that exchange could be coming September 1st if it goes into effect. <laughs> now it's number two in our daily four. Uh, so return policies, right? So from online retailers to furniture stores to appliance businesses, we see a lot of sales coming up around the Memorial Day holiday weekend. It's one of those weekends. Uh, some retailers, though, are tightening up their return policies to keep more of their profits. It can be expensive for returns, especially online returns. So the changes can include several 
adjustments like shortening the return windows. So Forbes reports that Amazon Gap and Banana Republic already did that. I it felt can, that already. Yeah, actually. you've seen that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that, especially on the holidays, we noticed a few mm -hmm. things, but now more jumping on. It can also mean charging fees for returns, which H&M and Zara already do for online what? returns. And the Wall Street Journal says JCPenney charges $8 for mail returns too. Uh, the amounts are all different, you know, it depends on which one. But Anthropology and REI uh, will also, are also doing this according to Forbes. It's, I think it's generally under $10. But if you think about, oh, I hit this sale up, right? Yeah. And I saved eight bucks. You're paying eight bucks to send it back. Did you really, right. you know, do any back? You know, it's kind of interesting. You're kind of losing yeah. out, losing out there instead of. Why do we have to pay them money to send back their product that we didn't like? Well, you know, the overhead <laughs> cost. I was reading something about this, and, and they kind of broke it down into, you know, the shipping, the processing, the handling. It costs about 25 percent of $100 just okay. for the return process. Right. So it, you can see how they'd be losing, and they're going to want to sure. change it. And also, you know, Amazon. We told you this earlier. They charge a dollar fee if you take it to UPS, as opposed to oh, right. to Kohl's or mm -hmm. Whole Foods if those are closer. So that's already changed. But a dollar, not bad compared to eight bucks. Eight you know? dollars. So, yeah. but that's the that's the thing. Brick and mortars are disappearing, right? Right. And we're seeing more online returns. So we have to kind of know our sizes and our bodies. <laughs> yeah, and I bought true. I bought stuff in the store. That I thought, oh yeah, this will fit. Uh uh, no, it right? doesn't. It doesn't. It's way too tight. <laughs> and then you look on. Line and one website, you're like, okay, I ordered from this website last year in this mm -hmm. size, or you know, just last month or whatever, and then you get the same size yeah. again, and then now that doesn't fit because right. they've changed <laughs> something. Who knows? Or maybe I had ate a couple extra hot dogs. It's the clothes. It's not it you. It's the clothes. Sometimes there's a little asterisk at the bottom that says. Our sizes are smaller this this mm -hmm. year. They're just a little bit smaller. You go look for the fine print. <laughs> you can feel better, glasses. right? Yeah, that's <laughs> number three in our daily four. All right, things are really getting heated up now in our conversation and globally <laughs> He's not too. His shirt. No, I know, yeah. Wow. Uh, rising global temperatures could expose billions of people to dangerously hot conditions in the coming years. And that's according to a new study published by the journal Nature Sustainability. Scientists say that climate niche where humans flourish is between 55 and 81 degrees Fahrenheit. I wish we lived in the little climate <laughs> niche like there. Feels right. yeah. like we're at 100 every day. <laughs> at least as we go towards summer, that is. Yeah. <laughs> but conditions outside of that window, they tend to be too cold, too hot, too dry. And if the world continues on its projected trajectory, about 2 billion people will be living outside this climate niche by 2030. So according to the study, they will be facing average temperatures of 84 degrees or higher by 2090. That population grows to nearly 4 billion people and 600 million people are already living outside of that climate where it is just absolutely perfect. I think we're, including we're, us, <laughs> including us. Yes, absolutely. And I think uh, I saw the study too. And Texas will really get it, be getting part of the the heat factor right. as we get towards that 2090 mm -hmm. sector. Oh, so boy. it's yeah, things are really definitely heating up. We saw that. Can you take more heat? For, I, I, mean, yeah. I like the heat. I'm okay. Yeah, it doesn't uh, bother you too much. Yeah, I don't like the right. cold. So I'd rather be in this extreme than people that are below that 51 degrees, I don't want my average to be below 51 degrees. Same. <laughs> yeah, well we talked before about this projected heat belt right in the middle of the U.S. So from here in Texas right. all the way up to Minnesota. Yeah, that's what we, yeah. Reaching up to 124 degrees in the summer. I don't remember the we year. We talked about this but before, we did discuss I think, yeah. That, that one aspect of it. Yeah, but now I guess it's more global, but in our, in our country that would be the case. Minnesota, if you ever go there, wide swings. Really cold, really hot. So things are changing, but we'll hopefully, hopefully things will stabilize a little bit. Yeah, and, and you'd think that'll have an impact on people moving. You know, a lot of people move depending on the climate where they're at. True. So people could be just keep 
trying to get to those niche areas and they might get smaller and smaller and yeah, more expensive. More expensive. Yeah. That's the number four in our daily four. Speaking of hot and sticky things, Kraft uh, <laughs> yeah. says it will soon be easier to open the clear film on its cheese singles. Ooh. I am so happy to hear this. According to the company, it's the number one complaint from their customers. It says the new film is thicker. It has a textured flap that is easier to find. The redesign also features a new Kraft Singles logo. I don't know about you guys, but I've spent significant time kind of holding the cheese right, up to the light, trying thing. to find where the flap is. Yeah. yeah. It's tough. Before, too. If you got like one hand with, you know, your, your mustard in it with the bread and then, and then you're, <laughs> you're like trying, trying to, to yeah. work yeah. with the thing and you're like, how does yeah. it? Best, best Kraft cheese though, melted. Melted mm. on anything, grilled, mm. put it on your macaroni cheese, and cheese. Oh. Oh, the best. So you should get to your melty cheese when you Do you get guys that remember flat. when the craft singles were like a, a block and you had to like try to peel the Oh yes. yeah. Apart? Sometimes they yes. had they yeah. had those. Yeah. yeah, those would stick together. Those were hard too. too. How do they sell them now? It. Not in the block? Just They're wrapped. Plastic wrap? Each oh, yeah. slice is yeah. wrapped oh, okay, in the Okay, yeah, yeah. But they, they still sell it like a pack, right? Yes, okay, it is okay. a block pack, yes. Oh, block pack, okay. But it used to not have the film in between, right? And you would have to kind of peel each piece of yeah, cheese. and you get like a chunk of cheese. Under your nail. Mm. <laughs> Still snack for later. That's disgusting. Sorry, 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 sorry. Too I've never much, done that. Too far, I have yeah. never done that. Just joking. Just joking. Well, coming up uh, in recognition of May being Stroke Awareness Month. We'll talk to a neurologist about the symptoms and signs of a stroke, plus how to reduce your risk after this. According to the CDC, every 40 seconds, someone in the United States has a stroke. It is also the leading cause of serious long-term disability as it reduces mobility in more than half of stroke survivors. Yeah. May is National Stroke Awareness Month, and to help us reduce our risk and recognize the signs and symptoms, we have a neurologist with Baylor Scott and White at Medical Center Hillcrest. Joining us now, that's Dr. Gregory Parks. I want to thank you for being here. So, uh, some information, we know that every, what, 40 seconds or so uh, is it's quite a statistic that I guess that's how often someone in the U.S. has a stroke. Is that correct? Yeah, Tell on, us about on, that. On average, yeah. Of course, it, it varies, you know, a little bit, but sure, it's, it's a pretty more pretty frequent. more frequent than you might expect. Certainly so. Who is most at risk to have a stroke? So uh, I like to explain to, to patients that um, when you think about stroke risk factors, you can think it's kind of the same thing as you think about as heart attack risk factors. So high blood pressure, high cholesterol, smoking, um, atrial fibrillation is a big one. Um, and then stroke risk increases with age as well. So as people get older, they, they tend to have more strokes. Certainly, and you know, we have a QR code on our screen that actually shows people, it's Baylor Scott and White's quiz. You can go to that if you scan it with your phone or your iPad and take a little quiz to see if you might be at risk for a stroke. But what does that quiz entail? What kinds of questions are we gonna be asking there to find out if we're at risk? So, so really sort of the same things that uh, I just, just mentioned. Um, I think it, um, with a little bit of retrospect, uh, elevated blood pressure is also a stroke risk factor. Um, but, um, and the quiz also asks if you have any family history of, of stroke. Okay. Um, and that's, that's really important if uh, you've had a history of, uh, of uh, people in your family with young stroke, um, so stroke under the age of, uh, say, 40 or 50. Okay, so now that we've identified our risks, right, by going through the quiz, what are some signs of a stroke? How do you identify if a stroke may be happening? So the American Heart Association uh, and the National Stroke Council came up with a mnemonic. So it's uh, B-FAST, so B-E, and then F-A-S-T. Okay. And so if you go through that, then uh, the B is for balance, um, then e, uh, e is for eyes, so changes in vision. 
Uh, F is for face, uh, usually facial drooping, but could also be facial numbness. Uh, a is for arm, so arm weakness or numbness, and that really would incorporate leg weakness or numbness too. Mm -hmm. S is for speech, and then T is for time. Okay, what's the time? So the, the, I'm glad you asked. So the time component is, is really something I like to emphasize. So uh, most people um, that come in the ER don't tend to be aware that uh, there is an acute therapy for a stroke, and it's called TPA. And it can sometimes reverse stroke. Um, not everybody necessarily will recover from stroke. About a third of people will benefit from the medicine, but um, it has to be given within four and a half hours of onset of the stroke. Wow. So it's vitally important that if somebody feels that they're having a stroke, that they call 911 immediately and, and get to the hospital. Okay, four and a half hours. Yeah, and, and that, that window shrinks to three hours if you're over 80. Wow. Ooh, okay. You may, you may have mentioned this um, earlier, I don't think I heard it, but are there different types of strokes out sure. there? Yep, so there, there are two, two main types. There are ischemic strokes, and uh, ischemic basically means a, a stroke that comes from a blood clot. Mm -hmm. So a blood clot or a cholesterol plaque, and that's about 80% of strokes. And about 20% of strokes are uh, hemorrhagic strokes, or mm -hmm. where uh, you have bleeding uh, into the brain. Wow. So those are both essentially a stroke definition would be preventing blood from getting where it needs to go in the yeah, brain. Yeah, right, and so, so the common mechanism is that uh, if blood isn't going where it needs to, then the brain can't get the oxygen it needs to, and brain damage can occur in, in, uh, in just a few minutes, under five minutes. Wow, very scary. Sure. If you have a stroke, are you more at risk to have another stroke in the future? So you are, and um, that's why we uh, encourage people to come into the hospital. You know, even, even if they've missed that four and a half hour window, come in the next day. Um, there are situations where they can go in and take clots out of arteries even up to 24 hours out. But the main uh, benefit of, of the hospitalization is to look at those risk factors and then we can help correct them all quickly. Um, so that hopefully your, your risk of stroke is reduced. Well, what can we do to lower our risk? I mean, I, I like to think we have some control with maybe sure. diet or whatnot. What can we do to control it? So, um, you know, uh, diet, exercise, right? So uh, eating, um, you know, uh, things that are lower in cholesterol, lower in fat in general, a, a heart healthy diet. Um, and then also, you know, seeing your family doctor. A uh, family doctor visit once a year, once every six months. They typically address most of those things. Okay. Um, and th that can really help lower your risk. And isn't sodium a big thing too, right? I mean, that salt, we always hear people on their spouses about salt intake. Of yeah, it, like it is. And, and mainly because it, it uh, can elevate blood pressure. Um, and uh, very high blood pressure increases the risk for both kinds of stroke, but uh, hemorrhagic stroke, hmm. so bleeding in the brain. Great information. Thank you so sure. much. Again, uh, we, you know, you can get an assessment, that great assessment of uh, yes, your stroke quiz. risk. If you just scan that code right there, and you can check out and see if you might be at risk, and maybe go see your doctor to, to get things right. We'll be right back.